and welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. Uh, we are the Houdat Jedi. Who are the Houdat Jedi? That's us. It's me, Aaron, and with me as always is Dave and Fredo. Hi, guys. Hello. And uh, uh, Fredo's audio just went goofy on his new uh, laptop right there, so it sounded like he was drowning in a Sprite bottle for a second. <laughs> I'll let you say hello again. Hello. There we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So uh, I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this the uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. I uh, we're not going to talk Saints football. Um, no, but, no, 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 no. That's just no. not. Um, except all the Buffalo fans. Oh my goodness. Um, but uh, now, actually, I went back to Nebraska for my niece's wedding. Then Friday, uh, Brittany and I did. So Friday through Monday, and I'm waiting for my nose to like i'm gonna say undry because the minute that you i know that's not a word sue me but um the minute that and and dave can back this up we we're talking about this a little bit you know being a kansas guy you know the the midwest it's like it's just dry especially in the winter time and it's like oh my god start itching and your nose just turns to nothing but boogers and it's just bad and then you can't wait to get back to new orleans where it's like oh humidity Hooray. So yeah, the, the moment you set foot outside the airport, you go, ah, yes, it's all wet out here. But the funny thing was, is that, so we're, we fly through Atlanta and anytime we fly through Atlanta, we make sure Brittany is always this way. Sometimes I'm just not aware, but this time was, so we're both in saints gear because when you're going through the Atlanta airport, you just have to troll the Atlanta people. And, uh, we're on our plane and, um, the flight attendant comes up and it was uh the mother of saints punter mr gilligan 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 yeah um and uh she was happy to see people wearing saint stuff start talking the football game and everything and um yeah so that was kind of that was kind of fun so brush with celebrity i suppose um and it's good to somebody's fan who's related to, to a player that you know is doing good yeah it's doing good <laughs> You don't feel any of that, you know, I've been kind of critical of your kid online, you know, none of that. No guilt. Well, uh, yeah, I, mean, I remember when I met, yeah, you don't want to give any of those backhanded compliments. It's like early on when, you know, Port, I'm a fan of Port Orleans, first of all. I want to be out there, fan of Port Orleans. Um, but when they first launched, they launched their beers too soon. And they just weren't weren't ready. They're watery um uh, and they just wanted to get a product out there, I'm sure. And so I uh, was at my office building and Zach Streif was getting on the elevator with me because um, the radio station is the floor below where my co-working station is. And I remember sending a message to all of our friends saying, yeah, I just met Zach Streif. And I think Fredo, you said, did you tell him how you like Port Orleans? And I said, you know, I, I didn't say anything because I figured that, hey, your beers are getting a lot better would be kind of a crappy compliment to give. <laughs> so, yep. um, yeah. But, um, yeah, being a teacher kind of gets you, uh, you know, preps you for some <laughs> of that. How about you guys? Good good Thanksgivings? Yeah, it's fine. You know, we did the whole thing. Um, my wife had uh, a uh, follow-up surgery um the week of so things are a little chaotic for us but uh we had a nice meal and... i'm sure she cooked everything still no oh, like we really? were, yeah like it if you know her <laughs> she's like impossible to slow down yeah um 
And so, like, we did do a good job of sort of planning ahead and doing a lot of prep work, like making the desserts in advance and things like that. And so, like, that that way she was able to be really involved. And then, um, like, day of, uh, I took lead with another family member. Um, but, you know, she was still, like, I'm doing the rolls and I'm doing the gravy. And it's just like, okay, all right. As long as and, you don't uh, do anything else. And she's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. recovering. So good. we're doing good. And Fredo, you picked up all the food, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, my family, I mean, my, my brothers are all scattered now living in different cities. Uh, they kind of had the choice to go, whether we got together for Thanksgiving or Christmas or everybody went like coming for Christmas. So I mean, this Thanksgiving was only four of us, you know, myself, my Anantaman and my parents. So basically, we just said my mom has been having PT because she broke her wrist the Sunday oh. we got back from Houston after Hurricane Ida. Literally, within ninety minutes of us being back from Houston, so so I was like, no, we're not cooking, we're not doing anything. Nobody needs to be slaving over no stove. So we basically ordered everything. Uh, got a couple of really nice sides from Gabrielle, uh, Gabrielle's mm-hmm. restaurant in Orleans. Got the shrimp and merloton casserole got the cornbread and dewy sausage uh, stuffing and i ordered made sure to order at least a quarter of their uh bourbon milk punch which they say it's very boozy they're not lying it's very good so they yeah. had pretty quiet pretty, pretty good uh thanksgiving dinner uh went out with our everybody our good friend susan to go see rent on friday that was a good show i'd never seen the play itself like in a theater i cognizant of rent and everything but i've never seen it in person so it was really nice to catch that and then it's a good one just settled them for a lot of uh college football over the weekend so uh dave did you and got and fredo this is not a video podcast but you see my new addition to my star wars room yes it's really impressive and it's it's perfect for new orleans yes it's uh i had uh the artist simone um make me a do uh do or do not there is no try um so i was really excited about that because it was actually kind of funny because he posts on his instagram when like people don't pick up custom orders and he had a star wars one and Mm -hmm. i was like you know yeah I, i want that one so i went down to go get it and somebody had already bought it and i said and i was like oh that's a bummer he's like i can make you another one i was like you can He's like, yeah. So how much? He said, oh, same price. So like, cool. Well, do I? Does it have to be that same thing, or can we do something else? Yeah, do something else. So I, I decided. I walked around for a little bit. What did I want? And I was like, yeah, okay. I need the Yoda because I use that all the time when I'm teaching. You know, um, and uh, what did and, the other one say? Uh, the other one was a Death Star. Um, you know, fund fund the Death Star or something like that. You know, fund the rebuilding. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, it was different colors than the the standard Simone red, you know, and but when I went to pick it up, he uh, first of all I walked down because I, I called and I so I went down on my lunch and I to go get it, and I went back and said you got a custom order for me to pick up. He's like, which I said the the do or do not. There is no try. And his eyes just lit up and he said, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> and he's he had to actually hide it behind the counter because he had it hanging up and people wanted to buy it. So um, anyway. So that's my that was my just Christmas gift to myself. But uh, all right, well, uh, I don't know what else we got. Let's just do some uh, Star Wars trivia tonight. This episode, we're going to 
um, it's basically going to be all all the news that we haven't been talking about. So it's going to be there's a lot of stuff for us to discuss that have been you know talked about, like I said, in the news wires whatnot. So that's what we're going to do, um, and maybe just a little bit of Hawkeye talk here in a bit. But first, trivia. So, da, 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 da. all right. Oh, okay, Dave, it's time to throw you a softball. Oh. What aliens does C-3PO deride as disgusting creatures? Jawas. It is Jawas. It is. Like I said, that was a softball. Yeah. Softball. I'll take it. You know, there's a little bit of... I'm not going to... There's a little bit of intergalactic racism that goes on in Star Wars. (laughs) Especially, Especially in New Hope. Yeah, and you really see it with the droids, right? Uh-huh. We don't well, serve their kind here, right? Well, you see that? but but you know, then you have, like I said, C three PO talking about Jawas as uh, disgusting creatures. And then they call the Tuscan Raiders sand people. You know, it's like Tatooine well, is like New York City back in the eighteen hundreds, with all these yeah. different uh, nationalities mixing and hating one another. Now that we've just ruined Star Wars for everybody, Fredo, you're going to say something. Well, no, I was just going to say real quick, but let's do consider that 3PO's position on Jawas is colored by the fact that they did capture him and sold him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's not going to have, you know, he's not going to be in the best of uh, positions true. to be objective about their qualities. That's true. All right, Fredo, your question. Mm-hmm. Who stares with rid... <laughs> See, I don't have my glasses on. Who stares with red-ringed yellow eyes out of a red and black face? Oh, who stares with red-ringed yellow eyes out of a red and black face? Was the red and black face as the giveaway, and that would be Darth Maul. Darth Maul. When I first started reading that, did you say, what kind of BS question is this? (laughs) Exactly. Where are you going with this? All right. And for me... The color of a ship, the... Name of a fighter jet? What the heck? Oh, man. Here's another softball. It's the first one I saw. That's softball to me. Who winks at Princess Leia during a New Hope's medal ceremony? That is Han Solo. I think we had that one before, didn't we? Mm, I don't think so, but it's so obvious that. Yeah, that's clearly him. There was one time we had a question. I think it was like, who stands on the left? Or who got or their medal like first that. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who got the medal first? And it was just like, wait a minute. We were second-guessing ourselves for five minutes. Yep. All I do know is that when Luke got his medal, he got to look down the front of Princess Leia. I mean, there's she leans over a little bit, you know, so... That's what happens when you're too short to be a stormtrooper. That's right. That's right. All right. Cool. Well, um, okay. So, done with trivia. I do want to just take a little path off. We're going to get off the beaten path a little bit. And let's just talk a little bit about Hawkeye. Because, full disclosure, we just finally watched the second episode. We watched the first episode. And then, we, like I said, we, I mean, we had things to do and packing to do and everything like that. So, we just watched the second episode. Um. If, Okay, so well, first of all, let's just uh, let's just kind of go around, um, and the, you don't have to go in depth or anything. But are you enjoying it so far? Only two episodes in. Are you enjoying it? And yeah, I suppose I mean, where would you put it right now with the other 
uh, Marvel TV series. And maybe that's not fair after only two episodes, but um, at this stage in the game, where would you, where would you rank it? Grado? I would, yeah, right now, I mean, it's coming in behind Wanda. And uh, but let's put it this way, after two episodes, I was a bit more hooked into WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and even Loki. I mean, definitely Loki. So I would still put it behind those three. I, I like, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm interested in it. The, the concept's very interesting. The execution, though, is somewhat a bit too superfluous. I mean, okay, the whole don't... idea behind it. Don't go too far. Don't go too. We're okay. going to stop you right there because you might be getting into my beef, and we might get into that a little bit. So, okay. Dave? getting into my beef—that's um, that sounded bad. Dave, uh, honestly, the the last few days have been a blur. So, like, um, I think we tried to watch it night it was released, and I was like running around the house doing chores and everything else during the watch. So I didn't watch it super closely. So that's my caveat. But um, what I saw, I liked. And I think. Okay, so I like the tone. I'll say that I like the tone so far. So, all right. So here's my first of all, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I would also I, I will say how if we're just going with the first couple episodes, the first two episodes of WandaVision, I remember like this is almost a direct quote. This better go someplace or I'm going to be really ticked off here pretty soon. Because after those first two episodes, it was like, what is this? So I would not put it um, if I'm just going for the first two episodes. For me, it'd probably go Falcon Winter Soldier, um, probably Loki, and then Hawkeye, and then Wanda. Now you know, that order is probably going to switch, like I said, as the series goes on. But, um, but here's my thing, because being, being new to the Marvel, you know, universe, um, as listeners here know, um, here's my beef. Uh, I don't think Clint is ever referred to as Hawkeye in any of the movies. Maybe, if 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 it if it was that it didn't stick for very long um and here's my other and you guys can correct me and i'll give you my other beef here is um end game this whole this whole okay this whole ronin thing they're assuming a heck of a lot in this uh hawkeye episode thinking that because we know that you know hawkeye was kind of went on this ninja terror, but I don't think they ever mentioned the name, but well, it's in subtitles, I think, but there's, they're, they're assuming that you understand where this Ronin came from and what, and everything it was in Endgame. It was just kind of like, Oh, he's a ninja now. Okay. Now he's with them. All right, we're done with that. And now there's a whole series that's kind of wrapped around this, this thing. And I, I guess so I'm not as emotionally hooked as they probably want me to be. And I think that's their own fault. Uh, yeah, no, I guess what I, what I would say is, and yeah, no, you're right. I mean, in terms of connective tissue, the only thing that's connecting us to Endgame, I mean, I did love the scene in the musical. No, Rogers the musical where, yeah. now again, I haven't just seen theater. I was like, you know, at some point, yeah, the Avengers Battle of New York would be the musical, and they put shoe, they would shoehorn other Avengers that weren't necessarily there. 
I also do agree with you in regards to the connections to Ronan. Here's the one issue that I'm having. The Meg, the way that they're displaying or, or showing the uh, the gangs that show up the moment that somebody turns up looking like Ronan uh, doesn't hit me as, oh, because I mean, okay, let me backtrack. The way that is presented in Endgame is that after his family gets snapped away by Thanos, by the way, spoiler alert for a movie that's a couple years old now. Uh, Clint goes on this massive anti-organized crime crusade, a one-man army, tearing and ripping through gangs and syndicates all around the world. And then when he gets recruited to go on the time heist, he drops that and then he gets his family back. So again, makes sense that for that, you know, he went for a five-year crusade uh, uh, to destroy organized crime did a good job, but he made a lot of enemies as that persona. So the fact that that costume comes back into presence while he's in New York, okay, it's an interesting hook. It's a good way to rope in the fact that he wasn't necessarily the guy that his kids and his wife know in that time, which, again, makes sense. He was going through some serious trauma and this is how he was dealing with it. But I guess I'm not getting why the the bad guy, or the, at least the, what's that they call the... Oh, the, the gang the, 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 sweats, the sweatsuits, oh, the tracksuits, yeah, the, the, tra- the tracksuit yeah. mafia. You know, they all—they're a bit too comical for what they're supposed suggesting they are. Meaning, these are the guys who survive Ronan's assault, and who all have like a blood feud oath to kill him on sight to respond to his presence as, okay, we stop whatever crime we're doing, we gotta go take this guy out, and they're all being kind of goofy and silly about it. Which is kind of the only thing that's kind of, you know, doing my head in. I, I like the tone, though, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think the tracksuit guys make sense for the story that they are trying to tell here, which is a little bit more of a lighthearted adventure. It's, it's a buddy cop. Pass, it's a buddy cop. Buddy, buddy cop passing of the torch, which I think we mm-hmm. can assume is going to happen at some point. Um, Kate Bishop, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Like, I think, and again, with the holiday theme and the whole, like, diehard-ish sort of interplay between characters, um, I think, like, the idea there is solid. Um, but again, I'm I, the Ronin stuff is a little weird and clumsily handled in the same way that some of the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff seemed like it went through some rewrites. Mm-hmm. And and it maybe didn't land where it necessarily should have, um, and like in in that way, I, I kind of agree with you guys. This is, um, it's not shoehorned in because I think it's a really important part of his character at this point. After what they we saw in Endgame, it's like okay, well there, there should be consequences for him in some way, shape, or form for this lifestyle that he lived. And we should probably do a little deeper dive on that and, and what it what it would mean for him and, and what how does it gonna affect him going forward? How's it gonna affect his family? Things like this. Um they are a little weightier than mm-hmm. what um, they want to then go Yeah, yeah. But again, like it's it's hard to just ignore it too at the same time. I don't think like you can just say, Well, that never happened. My issue um, again, my issue is that they're I think they're assuming that they gave enough exposition. Mm-hmm. 
or that, you know, okay, so let's, let's put this into like all those people who went and watched WandaVision who never saw one Marvel, you know, movie ever. And they ended up liking WandaVision. You know, this one, there's that whole, you know, bit where it's like, if somebody just walked into why I'm just going to watch this, see what it is. I mean, like I said, there's, there's, a, there's just a big assumption, even for those of us who've seen those movies, because in Endgame, they, it's just a brushing, you know, only a couple minutes. I mean, yeah, he gives enough to say he did some awful stuff. And then he's been, you know, there's the back and forth between Rhodey and um, uh, Natasha, you know, about he's not the same dude and all this other stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, that's my, that's my whole thing is that it's just seems. And then everybody's like, you're Hawkeye. That's the thing that I think where I've heard Hawkeye more is mm-hmm. in the SNL skit, you know, <laughs> where he runs out of arrows, you know, <laughs> but. Right. Cause I'm, cause I'm trying to think in Avengers, they don't refer to him as Hawkeye and age of Ultron didn't refer to him as Hawkeye. Uh, actually, no. Uh, Linda, his wife, makes a... Uh, she makes calls a, him Hawkeye. Yeah. He calls him he Hawkeye, calls, but she does, he calls his daughter Hawkeye. Manner. Right. She does it in a uh, playful manner. It's not meant to be, oh, you're Hawkeye. It's like, you're Hawkeye. You know, she's she's playing off of his, of whatever code name he's got with yeah. the Avengers. But really, that's about it in terms of actually establishing him as that identity for one, but also the dynamic. I, I do agree with you, Dave. I mean, they're going for a very lighthearted, Christmassy. It's like it's it's like something out of Shane Black. It's much more mm-hmm. uh, lethal weapon to Iron Man kiss, three. Kiss Iron Man three, you know, where we're gonna have some fun. There's gonna be some scary moments, but we're overall we're gonna we're gonna have a good time here. And look, I mean, the opening the opening scene with, uh, you know, I love the opening scene where they established where Kate Bishop's dad passes away in the middle of. The Battle of New York from Avengers. I love, I love it when they can circle back around and show us those big moments from other characters' point of view, yeah. and then um, just kind of show how that influenced her. How seeing him leap, you know, take that, you know, man, you know, big uh, CGI shot that they gave him in Avengers, seeing it from her perspective has influenced her into trying to be something like that. So yeah. they've done a good job of at least establishing her character. Uh, the sliminess of the of the guy coming after her mom, you know, et cetera. So again, right now they're playing with broad, uh, broad strokes. So we'll see how they can refine things. So, I mean, yeah. And we got, you know, uh, the other big scuttlebutt, by the way, and I want everybody listening to this, that it should not be a surprise to anyone. This has become Disney Plus's MO, that the debut you're going to get, almost two hours of the Mandalorian, then the rest of the episodes are going to be about 25 minutes long. And so mm-hmm. you get about an hour and a half of Hawkeye right off the bat. And now the big people are ticked off because it's leaking that like the next couple episodes are going to be about 25 minutes long. It's like your normal half hour show on, you know, network TV minus commercials is 22 minutes folks. Um, so I mean, I think that's kind of interesting and maybe it's for a different a topic for a different day, but um, people's expectations for, especially when you're making it, we're saying these are TV versions of Star Wars and the MCU. Is there an expectation that I should be getting, you know, an hour and a half every episode? We can leave that as kind of a, uh, you know, a, 
um, rhetorical no, I mean, question. I'll, but... I'll, I was just going to say right quick, because it's funny, because the other complaint that I heard about Disney Plus over the holiday weekend was regarding the Beatles documentary, Get Back, which dropped the same weekend. And everybody's like, it's only three episodes, but they're each two and a half hours long. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're so. Yeah, exactly. The look you just gave, Aaron, is the look everybody's given at hearing that. And you're like, but then you see it cut. I mean, remember, it's directed by Peter Jackson. So he knew exactly what he was doing. And when you see the first episode, you go, okay, he's giving you a particular piece of this story. And there was, and he's got there was 50 and hours of video that, I mean, was already sitting there. So it's not like mm -hmm. there was any production. It was all editing. You know, well, I guess, mm -hmm. and we can get into all this a little bit later. But yes, yeah. I, you know, it it's it's it just driving me a little bit bonkers. You know, these mm -hmm. these episodes got you're gonna they, the debut is going to be a lot of minutes, and then the subsequent episodes are going to be on the short side. So, just uh, yeah, just let it go. <laughs> Perfect for Disney, right? Let it go. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Well. uh how about uh, we, we start talking Star Wars again? Um, Fredo, you want to get us into the news? Well, yeah, actually, I'll get you on the news and a bit of news that dropped today. Uh, there's been a whole lot of casting stuff, actually a few things of casting, namely Ahsoka. Uh, so first thing today, I've been about mm, six hours ago or so, uh, uh, Deadline dropped that actress Ivana Sakno is going to join Disney Plus in a new character, newly created character for the series. Uh, she's been in stuff like Pacific Rim Uprising and uh, a few other things, but she's joining Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka Tano. And then, of course, Deadline also dropped a few days ago that Natasha Liu Bordiso is joining Ahsoka as Sabine Wren. So they had that about, uh, about a week or so ago. So they cast her, they cast her as opposite Rosario Dawson. And uh, I'm trying to think, you know, just regarding, you know, they're now they're calling it a limited series. They're not saying how long the commitment is for more than one season. But, you know, right now they're, you know, what Deadline's saying is that they, Rosario Dawson's locked in. There's going to be an appearance by Hayden Christensen, obviously. And then... Uh, so first they said Natasha Liu Bordiso is going to join as Sabine Wren. Have you, and let's pause, and, uh, let's pause there real mm -hmm. quick. Um, have either of you seen her in anything? I was going to tell you that she's been on stuff like Netflix, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, Crazy About You, The Voyeurs, Hotel Mumbai, and The Society. So I haven't put it that yeah, way. I haven't either. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's an interesting choice that we, we always talk about. Are you going to cast the uh, person who did the voice for them in the animated series or not? And in this case, they did not go that direction. And, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to pause on the, on that one because I, I listened to other podcasts where, you know, and, and, you know, I, I've gone down that road to where I really have latched on to, um, Tia Sirkar's voice, um, as Sabine, but, um, the only reason that, well, I shouldn't say the only reason that Katie Sackhoff was cast as Bo-Katan because Bo-Katan was modeled after, um, Katie Sackhoff and, and w actually would work out to be about the right age, you know, you know, at this time period. So it all worked out. Not everything else works out. 
So, you know, people want Taylor Gray to be Ezra Bridger. Well, that's not maybe going to, you know, work out. Or, you know, Vanessa Marshall as Hera, if she's going to be there. I, you know, I don't know. So, um, I think I think just the Katie Sackoff thing was a special was a special deal. That's uh, Dave. I'm sorry I interrupted you as I always do. She she looks a lot like the char- the characters modeled after her, yeah. right? And so I think like for her, it just it made a lot of sense. Um, but I I agree with you. I don't think it's smart for fans to like get per- attached to a particular actor for a role. And the original trilogy characters is a little different, right? Well, and, like, but here cause... you're also going, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of fudge factor going from animation to live action. If you're going live yeah. action to live action, then I mean that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a, it's a it's, different thing. It really tough. is. It, it, Cause like you said, there's artistic license when you're dealing with animated versions of the characters. And that's how you can justify when you do it in reverse, when you go from animated to live action, you say, well, here's the real version. All right. Um, and you know, what's funny so- is going from animated or going from real live action to animate. It's like the, what if series, the Marvel, what if like uh-huh. none of those actors sounded like themselves. They didn't, they didn't yeah, sound like their characters <laughs> at, I was like, that's Sebastian Stan, you know, or, I mean, it's yeah. like none of them sounded like their characters from the movies. But anyway, keep going. It was like they pulled their the like audio out of like just random conversations that we were having yeah. over the course of their day. You know, and it was just like uh, just here's a word. Here's a word. Here's a word. You know, uh, he is going the other way. You know, yeah. it's like um, but no, I, I think um I, you know, it's it's silly to get too attached to a, um, a particular actor in these cases. I think um, it's okay to be hopeful um, and saying, "Oh, I really hope they go this direction." But um, what we've seen is like more often than not, they will use that artistic license that they have uh, to try to cast the best possible actor that they think encapsulates the character. Yeah. And it also comes down to money. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, um, so, so uh, Ivana Sacco is going to be playing okay. a, uh, a whole new character. Whole new character yeah, so it's, a, it's pointless to speculate. Yeah. Here's, right. She just literally just announced today that she is going to be joining uh, two things. I was going to say, first of all, I mean, I agree with Dave regarding, I mean, just the reality of casting a character, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Sometimes it's scheduling. Like you said, sometimes it's money. You know, I will say, though, so far in terms of casting, I can't think of one role that Lucasfilm has gotten as you know, poorly that I go, oh, God, they, they shouldn't have gone there anywhere near that. You know, they don't reflect that character. I think they've done really well. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is the one we still have not heard the long rumored Mina Masood as Ezra Bridger confirmation. That's been playing for what, two years now, just about? So that's since he kind of threw his head in the ring. So that's my question. And this is not, mm-hmm. this is not, I, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Resistance Broadcast was talking about this. And why do you think? So I'm going to pose it to here, like I said, giving them credit, but I think it's good. It, do, why do we get the drip drip of, this person's playing this role. And then there's a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks pass or a month passes. Now this person's playing this role and a couple of months back. 
why don't they like do what they did with Obi-Wan and just one social media post, boom, here's your cast. Well, that had drip drip too. I mean, I don't know if that was an intentional thing. I think it was mostly just news leaks. Um, well, but over there's time, always gonna be, there's always going to be, you know, somebody spoilers or leaks or whatnot. But this is like, again, I mean, we're releasing one little thing at a time, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's, it seems to be goofy to me. David said, David said it in the past regarding uh, how Disney in general is pretty good about managing the message. And they know full well that one way to keep the show or keep their products in the forefront of their minds is, hey, here comes this bit of news that gets you excited. Hey, here comes this interview piece. And uh, hey, here comes this magazine. Or here comes this trailer. And this is just part of the, not game, but the, but the man- managing of the audience that Disney does so well. There's, there's a mechanism to go, okay, we're going to, give you a bit of news, keeps you excited, keeps you informed that it's coming. But once you start drilling into it, there's not much, okay, they cast two actresses, one to play a major role that we know of, one to play a role we have no idea whether it's major or minor. Okay, it might might come to something, it might come to nothing, it might be, uh, you know, but the core is they're letting you know the show is coming and making sure the excitement level stays at a good enough Simmer. Let's all remember that George Clooney was the voice to Cartman's cat in South Park. So that's right. That's right. And <laughs> that's you right. gotta find a way to keep everybody excited and, and involved. Jerry Seinfeld was a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. By the By the way, I, I did. I, I googled limited series just as a as a term yeah. in the industry, and it just means that there isn't a predetermined end date. Okay. It does not mean that it's just necessarily one season um or multiple seasons it could be anything but they have a complete story in mind they have a set episode number in mind and and that's what that means by the way i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna hijack the bullets here for a second because it's you know taught you but you were just talking about how disney manages the message pretty well um Mm -hmm. back in nebraska this weekend and I made mention of, or my, my father-in-law said, so when season three of the Mandalorian coming out and because mm-hmm. he and my mother-in-law watched the Mandalorian, they really enjoyed it. I said, well, it's probably not going to come out, you know, for a while. They haven't really even started filming it. Um, but I said, book of Boba Fett comes out, you know, at the end of December. He's like, what's mm-hmm. the book of Boba Fett? <laughs> and I said, well, well it's, you know, I said, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I went on to explain it. And he's like, well, is it animated? I said, no, it's, you know, it's the same people that were in the man. So he was like mm-hmm. trying to wrap his brain around what this what So they may think that they're, you know, marketing Book of Boba Fett really well. And I, it, it, because they're calling it something different and it's not the Mandalorian, are people going to, you know, watch it? So I don't know. Well, funny you said that because they, we got a new teaser trailer dropped on Saturday. For Book of Boba Fett. We did. So, you know, it's only 30 seconds. And I haven't watched it yet, actually, because I'm trying to, Mm -hmm. I'm actually stepping away because I kind of want just. There's nothing new in there. I mean, it's mostly most of the footage. There may have been a scene or two that are different, uh, you know, but uh, the thing that's interesting, they put it 
because I did see it. And again, I was watching a lot of college football over the weekend, so I did see it in front of a couple of the big ESPN broadcast games. And then I saw it on last night on their Monday Night Football. So they made sure to put that trailer or that teaser, uh, I think they called it the rain teaser, um, before, you know, during major broadcast. So they're going to get the message. And I imagine that if they haven't heard of it, we're going to get bombarded with it now. I mean, the other big thing that came out last week, which we'll get a couple of stories bit out of, was there was this big Empire Magazine article with Boba Fett on the cover. Sure. So, you know, they're, they're making sure to know that it's coming. And actually, that's where the next bit of news came out, which was they were discussing uh, Rangers of the New Republic. You know, that long mentioned uh to, you know, show that was supposed to come out that got announced at the same time as Ahsoka. Fredo, so, can I jump in like with one yeah, quick thing? Yeah. Just because I think it's yeah, important. Ahead, to right. ma- now, the before like we just completely drop the casting thing with um, yeah, yeah. Natasha, um, she is ethnic, and that was a thing. That was mm-hmm. that was a big thing for a lot of people. Like they wanted somebody who was Asian to play that character, mm-hmm. and she is. Um, and so again, I'm not saying like, oh, that was the reason she was cast or whatever, but, um, I think for a lot of people, they wanted some representation there. Um, and so like, that's happening. And I think like, that's a positive thing that at least from where we're sitting that in general inclusion is a positive thing. So I, I want to give them some credit for that. Um, before we, when you look at, when you look at the cast, I mean, you're looking that the the main lead, Ahsoka, is a Latinx, a Latina woman, mm-hmm. and now the second lead, now co-star is the now star is an Asian woman. Should Mina Masood be cast, like you know, been rumored since forever, that would be um, a man of Middle Eastern descent. So, so again, it's sometimes you know you. They're not doing it to do that. They're not doing it to go, okay, we're just casting to be diverse. No, they're doing we're it to make Josh Hawley, like, lose his lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it's also, but I mean, they're, they're looking to get the best actor. If that best actor or actress is somebody who, again, represents people who have not historically seen themselves in a Star Wars movie, all to the better. But ultimately, no, the first the first uh, uh, thing that has to be fit is, is this actor or actress right for this role? Yes, okay. And again, we don't know. I mean, most, you know, outside of Rosario Dawson, most of these actors have been seen in smaller productions, TV shows, you know. So we'll have to see. And again, just because they're they're good doesn't necessarily mean they might be good for this part. But we're trusting that because they've been able to get but, good actors. But for guys, their shows where, sorry, season. sorry. I've got to put my foot down. Where are white males going to find their representation in movies? <laughs> Where are they going to go to? They're losing all of their heroes. They're losing all of their. <laughs> uh, that was all. Know, that was I'm... all facetious, everybody. That was yes, all exactly, sarcastic. Exactly. All sarcastic. But, <sighs> but that is, those are arguments that people make online. That it's like there's going to be nobody. It's you know there was one actually. My wife was reading it to me. There's somebody actually complained that that argument saying um that uh if we that men are going to start turning to crime or something it's because they don't they're not going to be represented (laughs) in this media and she's like so why haven't then women you know been like you know on murderous rampages for you know 
the last century. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, people exhausted. The last anybody... point I'll make about Rebels uh, is that those characters, the way that they're portrayed, um, gave them the freedom to go that direction. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't. It wasn't a requirement. I don't think. Like you could have gone. Yeah. Well, we'll cast this actor. You know, who's got more of a, a Caucasian background or whatever. Like you had a lot of flexibility there. But I think like what some people like maybe they get hung up on this would would miss is that it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity for inclusion. And it's like there's certain characters that people are going to be weird about forever. If Bond is not a white man or whatever, you know, they're going to riot in the streets. And it's like, well, okay, so that's the background of that character. These characters are like they they all they they come from different different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, you could have whitewashed the whole thing, and I don't think it would have been the worst thing that would have ever happened if you got a good actor in the role. But it was an opportunity to not do that, and when you're and when your track record isn't so good, yeah, then you should take those opportunities when you have them. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean it'll, it'll, it makes a galaxy far, far away rather boring if or bland if it's all on people. And I'll also yep. say, Diarga, we are getting Hayden Christensen, so hey, white dudes, you're still in there, even if he's a force ghost. So it'll be a white, bluish dude, biggest villain in the galaxy. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying. Um, there was a big article on Empire, actually, uh, so you know, headline regarding Book of Boba Fett coming, and they had an interview in there with Kathleen Kennedy. So they asked her about, you know, what's going on with Star Wars and the upcoming plans for the shows, and they touched on the topic of Rangers of the New Republic. And while officially Disney has not announced the cancellation of the show, uh, she did say this. This is her quote. Uh, We'd never written any scripts or anything on that. Some of that, meaning the story ideas that they had for uh, Rangers, will figure into future episodes, I'm sure, of The Mandalorian, end quote. Which... So again, the idea being the stories and or ideas that they had for Ray, what Rangers would have been, even if it's not dead, might transition into well, uh, Mandalorian. Well, goody-goody gumdrops. We'll never know. I mean, I mean, it's... I mean, so it, it's we'll just never know. I mean, I, I I just find that kind of interesting that she she went out of her way to say that because well, she was asked. Be, she's in an interview. But so. but still, it could she could have just left it. You know, there were no scripts written for that. You know, so and end of sentence. But it seems like boy, there are like all fifteen people really excited for Rangers of the New Republic. I got to throw them some sort of bone that okay, those storylines are going to be woven in somewhere else. It's you know, I I don't know. It just seemed kind of goofy. Dave's yeah. got an ornery look on his face. <laughs> I you know she doesn't have to tell that to us. She may have to tell that to our bosses at Disney. Like oh yeah we had we spent all this money getting these scripts together and you know lining all this stuff up and it's not money wasted we're gonna we're gonna reuse some of this stuff but she doesn't need to tell that to us like no. you said like we're not gonna know the difference 
where some of this stuff was intended to appear originally. And I know that like Lucas has all this material that he's stockpiled over the years that hasn't been touched. Um, that's probably in a vault somewhere. Um, like would, the, would, um, talk about things in a vault that I would rather be released before the scripts for range of the new Republic. And that's like all the Prince backlog that he has, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. That Paisley park <laughs> has all the videos and music that he just wrote and just, put away never released so oh my uh, gosh and so much stuff like that out there like uh, musicians like you know nintendo does that too nintendo's really notorious like they'll they'll complete a game and they'll just be like yeah we're not super happy with it so we're just not going to release it so you know mm-hmm. like there's like i'm guessing zelda games and mario just, titles in a in a vault somewhere that no one's ever seen i just found it really interesting that i mean it would be it would be different if it was like the book of boba fett gets canceled and then she's like hey but a lot of these storylines are going to be woven into the mandalorian then you're like okay phew, i'm gonna get some boba fett stuff but the Rangers of the new republic who cares I mean, I, I'm the I'm one of the biggest Star Wars fans you'll ever meet. <laughs> I mean, I've got, but I mean, I, that was the one. I'm just like, who who cares? I mean, I mean says the man in the Star Wars room, right? I, but I, but it's, okay, good. We're gonna okay. It's gonna get woven in. Wonderful. Does that does that mean no, that no, we're no. going to get you know uh, uh, Dave Filoni and Star in his X-wing pilot outfit Couple again? Of. You know, so mm-hmm. I I don't mean to be like really pissy and moaning I, I, think it, but I don't know no the one thing I was gonna know the one thing I was gonna say is it's interesting I mean we did see some sort of kind of set up for the idea of Rangers back when they did those few episodes where the x wing pilots were kind of keeping a track you know an eye on Din Djarin where uh forget his name you know, has that moment with Cara Dune on Tatooine so there are a few moments that kind of hint at the idea but that could just as easily be paid off in Mandalorian season three, Mandalorian season four. You know, well, we don't expect comic, that Mandalorian comic series. Yeah, yeah it is comic yeah. series. I mean, there's plenty of ways to tell those stories that don't necessarily involve creating a whole new show. And look, like I said, Disney hasn't officially said it's done. It's over. They may retool it, redesign it. That may be what they're working and say, look, whatever those ideas, we really can't use those no more. So we're going to, shove them into this show that we know they fit in and do the whole new thing here. So a lot of the stuff is just part of the creative process that people don't realize happens, has always happened. And they're like, you sold me this. It's like, no, that was never the final product. So you just got to look behind the scenes at how the kink got made, so to speak. So get to the other thing that Kathleen Kennedy said, and because I found this one really interesting as well. That her about about the sequel characters. Oh, so in that same article, they let me pull up the quote. They start asking about, well, you know, they start discussing how now they're making a TV show about Ahsoka. They're bringing back Boba Fett, so it's an interesting discussion they're having about characters, Star Wars characters, kind of coming back and getting an opportunity to uh, be a presence in front of all an audience that has been looking forward to them. So. They ask her about the sequel characters, and here's her quote: "It's uh, well, first of all, she started. Talk, they started talking about the reunion that uh, Hayden Christensen had with Obi with, with Ewan McGregor while they were filming Obi Wan Kenobi, and she goes, I was surprised at just how incredibly emotional it was for each of them to find themselves in these roles, 
and just how real, how important Star Wars was to each of them. So she's discussing the idea of, hey, there were these characters were very important in these people's lives. So when they get to the idea of characters like Ray, Poe, Finn coming back around, she goes, "quote Certainly, those are not the, or, the those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well." End quote. All right. So, Aaron's hot take on this one is that she's doing the same thing that people in a band do. It's like when somebody comes up and makes a request, your answer is never no. Your answer is always, yeah, we'll play that in the next set. Or we might play that one later. Because put bucks in the bucket. Because you don't you don't want to yeah, you don't want to send somebody off, you know, all mad and you know. So I I would be very, 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 very surprised if we get anything with um Ray, Poe, and Finn um, outside of like a comic book or a book. I would be I would be really surprised if we get those three actors, and those three characters back on film again. It's all about um, cost. It's, it's about the cost benefit. Well, but but the, no, well, it's also about it, it's this because people who are listening, they might be going, what did you think the same thing about, you know, Han, Luke and Leia? Uh, no, because everybody was over the moon about, you know, the original trilogy and i know everyone yeah okay not everyone but that was a much there was much different um crowd reaction to those three movies as there were to the sequel movies and i don't i don't know if there's going to be that people aren't going to be slobbering to see those three characters back on the film like okay so i i'll i'll jump right in there and it also see it also seems i'm sorry it also seems like the three those three actors um really don't want anything to do with ah they'll change their mind is harrison ford you know like you throw enough money at harrison ford he'll come back right and he'll come back twice um so like hayden christensen perfect example right uh a lot of people uh weren't super happy about his performance um from our generation i should say mostly um, but even the younger set, because a lot of that stuff was colored from from our generation, too. But, um, oh, I just didn't like his performance or I didn't think he was so good. You know, flash forward to now, you know, he goes out and he makes an appearance at Celebration and he is warmly received. And I think like that was a bit of a test for this Obi-Wan series. Um, like, do the fans still are they still into this idea of having him back? Yes. And and so I think time sort of heals all wounds um, and on both sides. Like if the fans aren't as attached to the material, they grow more attached over time. Um, and I think with the actors, if they feel like, oh, it was an unsatisfactory experience they warm to the idea of returning the longer the time passes, I think, especially again, we saw it with Harrison. They, they back loaded, they, they backed up the money truck to his house and dumped it all out. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I, so first of all, I'll put my statement in a time capsule and bury it in the ground, then dig it up yeah. in 30 years and we'll find out. But there is a big difference here is that 
Harris of the three, and not to take anything away from Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, but if you put the you know their acting career, you know, on movies versus Harrison Ford, it, it it's 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 different than Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley, and even John Boyega a little bit because. It, you know, Mark Hamill went off and, and did some of his, you know, voice, uh, a, lot, a lot of voice acting, granted. Carrie Fisher did a lot of script writing, script doctoring, things like that. But, you know, her her film appearance, it wasn't like Harrison Ford, who is can't his putting out movie after movie after movie after movie. And I don't need I don't need Star Wars for anything. So if Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega start building their careers and you start seeing more movies come out. I don't think that they're going to really need to do star Wars and you know, even if you chuck money, but anyway, uh, it's not to say that I don't want to see that. I just, something tells me that I don't think it, it seemed like Kathleen Kennedy was again saying, yeah, we'll play brown eyed girl next set. But you know, we know where I'll disagree in, in, in what way, you know, where Hayden Christensen was before he turned up at celebration. He was on a farm. He bought a farm, big old farm outside Toronto in Canada. And he was like, look, I, you know, he, he, he was just chilling in his farm. And then one day they called him up to be at Celebration. And he turned up and the, the reaction that he got, the warmth and the love that he got after, you know, being away from so long kind of jump-started the idea of him coming back to play this role. So, like, of the three actors, I mean, and we were very hurt in some way shape or form from some of these actors like Oscar Isaac's already said that unless they help him buy a new mansion he's not coming back uh, but he also signed up to just to play Moon Knight so he's an actor he wants to get paid uh, uh, John Boyega has talked about some of the issues he's had with Disney and Lucasfilm and there's been some sort of mending of the fences there still there might still be a of the three I think he might be the most eager to come back more than anything to do the role justice I think I think of the three he might feel like the one that really got the short end out of uh, episode nine and may want to tell his, the finish of his story in a better way. Um, Daisy, it's interesting. She's been in some stuff, but hasn't been in a lot. So, But all this is in the, the lens of 2021. Mm-hmm. If somebody had asked me in 2005 about bringing back Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen for TV series, he might have said yes. But you also might have gone like, no, we're done. This story's over. Why do we need to keep it going? So um, I think, you know, we are we might all just be waiting for the next Dave Filoni TV show <laughs> that's going <laughs> to act the way that Clone Wars acted for the prequel generation, the way that this is going to act for the sequel generation. Maybe. You know, you know, a lot, a lot of this stuff, you know, we're looking at it as OT fans thinking, wow, you know, I don't know if necessarily this will appeal to people or, you know, but the kids who grew up with it, who grew up with, you know, dressing up as Ray, who dressed up as Finn, who dressed up as Kylo Ren, they might in 15, 20, 15 years, 10 years, be the ones clamoring for their return. And again, if Disney's still around, if we're all still around and Disney still got all the money in the, in the universe, they might just throw enough of it at those uh, actors to go come back. Again, and it's it's cynical, Aaron. But again, I'm, I'm reading these quotes from her as with a huge grain of salt because yeah. it, it is to me it is the she is she is a great businesswoman and she's not dumb enough to say 
no, we're not doing anything with with those characters. Oh. We're we're done. Yeah. You know, or the Rangers of the New Republic. I almost swore on this show. Uh, you know, the heck with that <laughs> stuff. You know, she's she again. It's like, will you play Brown Eyed Girl? Yeah, we're gonna try to work that in for you. You know, I mean, that it's, you know. Yeah, or or if you don't, or you even take it a step further, it's like, okay, hey, you know what? We don't know that one, but we're going to work it up for our next gig next week. So come back and we'll play, you know, Brown Eyed Girl next week. And that person comes back, you know? So it's, I mean, I'm not saying that you lie, but you, you know, you string some people along and she's not going to say, no, we're done with those. Or, you know, nope, we're done with that. Um, uh, I, Aaron, I agree that she's playing the diplomat. I agree with that a hundred percent. She's not going to come out and say something definitive that will like make her look like an idiot later on. Right. There's no way. Um, but I do think I know how these situations tend to play out. I think the star Wars fin- fandom is large enough and vocal enough to get things done <laughs> in a way. Um, you know, we're going to see. We're going to see. I think the ultimate test might be Solo 2, right? Make Solo 2 happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if that hashtag leads anywhere. Um, but they've gotten projects off the ground through sheer enthusiasm. Um, and I think, like, if there's a hunger for bringing these characters back, and I think that there will be, that it's going to make sense for Disney uh, eventually to make it happen. And again, I don't know what the time frame on that will look like. It may be five years, it may be twenty. Um, but I think, you know, if you're if you're saying, Oh, let's lay let's lay odds on this, I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, and and, and uh, well I'll agree with you. I mean, absolutely right. Kathleen Kennedy is president, just extended to, to continue her run overseeing Lucasfilm, which is not a small seat at the Disney stable. So she's never going to say no, because the fact of the matter is that's the dumbest way you can go about running a business. You you hear what your audience is asking you, or you hear something that potentially your audience may want, and you say, well, look into it and leave it at that. And then, because the fact of the matter is, it's not going to be just Kathleen Kennedy saying yay or nay, whether or not it happens. It takes a collective effort. She might say, yeah, let's do it, but they may never find the right writer, producer, director, that again, all the stuff that kind of comes into creating a show. This is the money people might say we're ready to go, but the creative people might not be ready to make it all happen, and it doesn't happen. So, so I'll, I'll, I, just, I do, I'll, um, I'll continue to be the ever cynic here. And I mean, you're right, Dave. You know, time heals all wounds, um, but um, it, it's because and what I'm looking at here is like if they were to do this in the near future, and I'm like. In, and I mean like five to 10 years, something like that. It's like, how do you create, how do you create a story that doesn't make it seem like you're trying to right the wrongs of the sequel trilogy? Because they did not, they, they had this trio of characters that had the potential of being an incredible ensemble and they split them up for two thirds of the trilogy, you know? what Ray and Finn or I'm sorry, Ray and Poe interact only in the last movie, you know, for any length of time. Um, then you have the, you know, Finn's story being short So we, let's give him a series. And is that B 
because that's a story that is worth telling or is it because we're making up for screwing him in that trilogy and then you know so the i mean that that's my thing and, and i'm sure they're recognizing this as well it's like how do we do this without making it look like we're trying to you know saying oh, they screwed up so we're gonna try to fix it here uh, but anyway, then the alarm went off. But that, that so you guys keep being the positive um, optimists. I will be the yang to your yin, and then make you know be the uh, the little cynicism in there. Maybe it's because I haven't drank enough whiskey yet. But uh, anyway, so I guess I'll you know because the alarm's going off. I'll mention just one last bit of news briefly that may make you feel happier about not spending all that money on uh, what was it called? It uh, Star Wars. Uh, Gula, Star, Star uh, Wars prison. Star Wars it? prison. Star Wars prison. Did you so, watch? Did you watch any of the like the like they give a little preview like where you're walking through it? It yeah. God, it just looks claustrophobic. Oh my god! But okay, go on. But no, what was the biggest selling point? Do you think that was for the Star Wars prison? Was lightsaber Sabak tournaments. Hey, well, no. <laughs> go with Dave's answer. Go with Dave's answer. Shuffleboard so, yeah. on the Lido deck. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, shuffleboard with uh with uh Greedo. No, uh, so yeah, the lightsaber. The, the... Imagine the swimming pool with all the aliens. That could be fun. It was like gumbo, seafood yeah. gumbo. Yeah. Oh. By the way, uh, a slight tangent. I saw a video today, Dave. The, you know how long the line of the resistance is to get into a Disneyland? Oh no. Yeah, guess, guess. Well, they did away. Yeah. They did away with the reserving thing. So, uh... guess how long that line was to get in. It's the ride, so I'm gonna say three plus hours. That's what I was thinking. Well, no, actually, better than it was ninety minutes. It was a, ninety. Uh, wow, this, that's not yeah. bad. So what this person yeah. said is the line apparently snaked through two other lands in Disneyland. Well, so but you know, okay, yeah, so, so, but they're, but they're still, I think, still line, doing a little down. social distancing and stuff like that, and trying to keep people from mm, being mm, on top of that, each other. That line was that line was right, crowded. Well, still ninety minutes so, for a Disney ride. I mean. That's... Yeah, basically it was like from the time you got onto the end of the line to the time you walked out, right? So it was to us about what this person posting this online said it was about an hour and 47 minutes. I'll give them credit. If it's under two hours, that's not as bad as it could have been because like that's like the high end typically. Like when like, you start seeing a yeah. push in like 110 minutes, it's like, I'm not going on that. I'm not ride. doing that a hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, it, over an hour, you're like, well, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. But that being the hottest ride in the park, I understand. Here's the thing, though. Which, here's the thing that's the crapshoot mm-hmm. on that ride is that it breaks mm-hmm. down constantly. They're yep. shutting it so down. Const- that's the thing that worries me when we're going in May because I'm going to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and I'm going to pay $15 or whatever it is to get my ticket and then go about my day. And whenever I get on the Rise of Resistance, I go. Um, because, I mean, that's, that's a bar tab, you know, so it, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, but if I was waiting in line for 110 minutes for, you know, mm-hmm. about over two hours or whatever, you know, and then they say, sorry, folks, parks closed. Moose outside should have told you I- I'd go all Clark Griswold on somebody, you know, if Don't that get ride, I should have told you this if, ride breaks. If that ride broke down, like as I got up to the door, I would go all Clark Griswold, probably get a BB gun, you know, <laughs> across the street. That's part <laughs> of the experience though. I'm telling you now, like if you haven't been in a while, you're going to get into a line 
that'll take you 30, 45, 50 minutes to get to the front, and the thing will break down just as you get up to the front. That's part of the experience. But the reason I bring it up, not only because it was topical and I saw the video today, but also because, remember, that's one of the selling points on your two-day excursion on Galactic Star Cruiser, right? Yeah, it's part of the your time on the clock. You get, you know, you debark your star cruiser, you land at Batu, you go about your day, you will get a ride on Ride of the Rise to the Resistance as part of your plan of your ticket or the per of the ticket you bought, right? Yeah. So what happens? How are you gonna tell those people? Okay, move out the way. We got the people spent five thousand dollars here. That's gonna get awful. Anyway, so the big selling point really was the lightsaber, but Disney kind of came out and confirmed that no you are not going to get to even try the real retractable lightsaber. No touchy, touchy. So what did I they tell told you? GameSpot and IGN, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the lightsaber isn't for guests to use or purchase. It is strictly for use by the performers. And uh, However, confronting... mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Dave, Dave's got three kids, all 10 and under, right? I get their ages mm -hmm. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you give them a fake lightsaber, the first thing they're going to do is swing at somebody's shins and try to beat the crap out of somebody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're going to start swinging at something. So you're not going to give this, you know, real lightsaber to a seven-year-old kid and say, "Now be gentle." So what they say that will happen is because remember, part of the part of the. Uh, Star Cruiser experiences, you're going to get some lightsaber training. So what they what GameSpot's been told is, it says, instead you'll be given what feels like a high-end yet slimmed-down version of the lightsaber with a fixed blade. You power it up and all sounds and vibrations you'd expect are there. But if you walk in expecting to get to play with the new one, this is your warning. The session involves using the provided lightsabers to deflect laser beams fired by a wall-mounted training remote. Starts off slow and then ramps up to Jedi level level where you're forced to block you know, attacks without even seeing the lightsaber. So you're not going to swing it at anybody else. You know what they're going to do? They're going to do Beat Saber. Yeah, basically. That's hey, what you're going like. to put a VR helmet. No, your blast shield's down, son. You know, that's what it's going to be. You know, it's going to put on this helmet and then it's going to be, you know, going to give you a couple lightsaber hilts. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, sorry. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, the more you hear, and the less enthusiastic you are about spending five thousand dollars for this, huh? Man, I haven't been even. I, I nothing has even made me go. Well, maybe no, nothing at all. I'm sorry, this doesn't sound yeah, enjoyable got, at all. So you can get to swing the real lightsaber. Sorry. So um, uh, there was one last um, bit of news, but we can get onto it some other time if needs be. We will put that last bit of news, that little Andor bit. Um, we'll finish it off in another episode, giving you an excuse. It's like Kathleen Kennedy. It gives you an excuse to, you know, come back and watch more Star Wars. Come back and listen to more podcasts so you hear more about Andor because that was fun. Um, but I guess before the power goes out again, we're just going to real quick say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And uh, beat the Cowboys. And we will see you guys all later. Makanki.